Hey, Cloneheads, I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host. This particular episode is episode 44 of the Clone Soccer Chronicles podcast. Uh, real quickly, I want to kind of mention off the top that uh, this episode, there's a little bit more language. Normally we have uh, edited bleeps whenever we uh, cuss or anything like that, but this episode, I just kind of was trying to get it out to you as quickly as possible with, you know, having a baby and everything like that. So, um, you know, obviously childhood took precedent, but we... Uh, we are very excited to bring this particular episode to you. Uh, real quickly, programming note, we've got uh, another episode of Spectacular Radio. It's going to be the fan panel, uh, consisting of me, Greg, Jesse, and Gerard over on Spectacular Radio. And then, of course, speaking of Gerard, we have Mayday Mondays coming your way as well. So, lots of stuff coming down the pike. Next episode here on CSC, we're going to cover two stories. The first story will be Funeral for an Octopus, and the second story will be Sibling Rivalry. So, all on one episode, a lot of Dr. Octopus to cover on this particular episode. And they're kind of related, so uh, there's some... References to Doc Ock's death on the Clone Saga during Sibling Rivalry, and obviously Funeral for an Octopus is for the not-death of Dr. Otto Octavius. So, with that, we will um, press on after that with um, Blood Brothers following that episode. So we're very excited to bring those to you. We hope that you'll enjoy them, and please remember to leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631, or you can always leave us an email at at clonesoccerchronicles at gmail.com. We'll see you next time here on Clone Soccer Chronicles. Enjoy this episode, episode 44 of the Clone Soccer Chronicles, Web of Carnage. Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. I'm his clone, or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. Welcome back. Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, powered by Spidey-Dude.com. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Zach Joyner. In this episode, I am joined by the host of Mayday Mondays, Mr. Gerard Delatour. Once more, we play our dangerous game. And he's also, uh, excuse me, Donovan is also the host of the Comic Book Film Review. He's also joining us this episode. Thank you, Dad. Well, not my dad, You're but welcome. you are now a dad. I am now a dad. So, <laughs> it, it, okay. I'm sure you guys, you guys have done any sort of Mayday Mondays things since then. I'm sure all the uh, the May Parker jokes have been thrown at you. As though they were funny. <laughs> True story. Yeah, so if a baby randomly starts crying in the middle of this episode, it's excellent. It's all mine. It's not my mine mind. for once, whoa. 
So, okay, this episode we're going to cover uh, Web of Carnage, part one through four. Sweet. And I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about... Did you guys see the news about the Clone Saga movie? What? <laughs> I, guess, I, mean, I mean, no. Okay, okay, first of all, you need to qualify that. you got to put a lot of air quotes around the word news. Okay, so what happened was... WikiLeaks leaked online a bunch of Sony emails, and there was a bunch of uh, proposals that were placed, and one of those was ASM colon Jackal. And basically, it was going to be a clone saga movie on screen produced by Sony. Yeah, I don't know. If, I wouldn't, again, I would put a lot of air quotes around the word proposals. I think it was more, they were just like, okay, let's just throw out like five random ideas. Just like the really, really <laughs> early beginning in terms of a story. Like, okay, we'll just go from there. Because they le- legitimately just had no idea what the hell they were going to do. Yeah, they, lo- they called them uh, Kane and Ben low-quality clones. Uh, excuse me, Ben was a perfect clone? You guys, exactly. You guys really need to read the comics. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot sound more pretentious than just Ben. <laughs> well, okay. um, uh, you can you can, trust me. I'll try. Now, Don, you read um, spider Burrows, right? Yes, I did. What'd you think? Oh, wait, wait. We're not talking about that, have we? That was so long ago. Back, <laughs> that is such like a not easy to... <laughs> like, no, 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 I, can, I can do it. I, I can do it. It's just, it's just that, like, I, we record these, like, once a year. Um, <laughs> Spider-Verse. Okay. Overall, I liked it. I think that I definitely liked uh, the ancillary stuff more so than the slot uh, written ASM stuff, and that's not an anti yeah. slot basis. I just like legitimately like all the fun stuff like Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man and Sixty Spider-Man and you know New, New Strip Spider-Man and uh, like three different Japanese Spider-Man. Like that was all a lot of fun. I didn't really care for. The main story, I didn't really care for ASM, but like as a tour through like spider continuity and spider history, I I I, I, I enjoyed it, and um, it's probably my favorite. I mean, relatively speaking, I didn't love it, but like it's probably my favorite Spider-Man crossover that they've done since uh, since 2008. Wow. But and again, I, I stress like the story itself was meh, but. What what I really liked was, was I liked the Spider the Scarlet Spider miniseries, I liked mm-hmm. the um, the team up miniseries, like all the other, mm-hmm. all the different characters. I really I, I honestly enjoyed seeing. Yeah, I was the same way. I liked the miniseries and the ancillary stuff much much better than the actual story. The story was just too big and collapsed on its own weight, and there was far too much auto. I just think it was very good. Like, like we're going to eat you now, Mwah! It's just like, I mean, I, I I am a fan of Moreland and that first Moreland story, and I feel that like it, it is further diluting it for sensationalism. Yeah, um, uh, I, I okay, I got I got my my story with Spider Verse is a little complicated. I I didn't I haven't read it uh, cover to cover every issue. Um, I mainly read it for the Mayday stuff, which was really goddamn awful. <laughs> and then, so I, uh, hence I really, really, really hate Spider Verse, but I have to put the big asterisk on it that I just simply didn't bother with a lot of the the side stuff that a lot of you guys, that, that a lot of people have been telling me is actually the the best parts of the story. Like I didn't read the Ultimate Spider Man Cluster F. I didn't read the 
the whole thing with all the various jab. I didn't read any of that stuff. So, like, what the only stuff where she was yelling at Uncle Ben. <sighs> I, I guess that was the best appearance of Mane in Spider Verse, and by that I mean it's the only one where she did anything. She didn't cry. Like, at all? <laughs> exactly. All she, all she does in the story is cry and get slapped around. It's really, really awful. It's really annoying. I don't, woman. Am I right, bro? <laughs> oh, Dan Slott. <laughs> he's not, you know, he gets accused of being a misogynist a lot. He's really not helping his case when he does because stuff like that. Exactly. Um, but, but, no, but seriously, though, it was... I thought it was insulting to the character and insulting to her, to her fans' intelligence. But at least that's, that's just from the, the Mayday angle of it. The rest I can't really address because I just simply haven't examined it enough. Agreed. I can absolutely sympathize with that because I'm not... The reason why I'm not on Mayday Money is because I, I haven't read much Spider-Girl. So I, I'm not, I don't have that attachment to But I, you know, being a big Cascade Batgirl fan and having gone through Convergence and having that Batgirl series suck, I can absolutely uh, understand... Not only seeing her again, but seeing her again, and she's written badly. That's you know, that's a, that's a great comparison. I'm glad you brought that up, because the number one thing I've gotten from people uh, vis-a-vis Spider-Girl's appearance in, in Spider-Verse was, oh, well, aren't you at least glad you're getting more Spider-Girl? And my response to that is, no, if it's going to be this bad. Exactly. I'd, I'd rather she just not be used than to see her be used as badly. I'm assuming it, it's the same thing with, with Cassandra Kane, right, where it's... Yeah, there's a, there's like the knee jerk like she's here, and then it's like you know why isn't she acting in character? Yeah, exactly. It's like she's here, it's sort of in her. name, and she sort of vaguely looks like her, but otherwise it's ugh. it serves the purposes of the story at the expense of the character. And I, honestly, I I honestly thought she was going to die, <laughs> so I'm glad that she didn't. <laughs> right. So that's kind of neat, and I, I, know, I think I believe we mentioned this last episode. I quite like the Scarlet Spider miniseries because the, they really bigged up Ben Riley in a way which I thought felt right, and I really quite enjoyed how he went through that storyline. What did you think, Zach? Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> Repeat the question again. I'm sorry. Uh, the Scarlet Spider is like three part miniseries with with Ben Kane and Ultimate uh, Jessica Clone. Like, uh, I liked how they did uh, that story and how they did Ben. What about you? I did. I did. I, I thought it was good, and I was frustrating because, quite frankly, the, um, <laughs> the, the Ben story was like, oh, everything ever went right with him. I, I just – that's not Ben Riley. Ben Riley, everything went wrong. It's a little short-sighted, yeah. I agree. You know, I, I just – it was it was good, but it wasn't great. I could I was underwhelmed. I could have done more with it. So the the point is like don't ever bring back our favorite characters because we'll never like them. They can be done well. I just uh, not like that though. I think they did as good as they possibly could with the material that they were given. William Shatner is right. I think could have done a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well, you chef. No, the most Shatnerian thing that's happened so far is that countdown that took him 20 seconds to count from 3 to 1. It was suspense, you see. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. 
Okay. Oh, but, but no. uh, by the way, i got to put special notice, again, since I'm just bringing up the Mayday aspect of this, uh, uh, revamping her so that she becomes Spider-Woman and wears Peter's costume. Yeah, no, I don't want that. I'm just going to pretend that that didn't happen and just say <laughs> that Spider-Girl, the end was the end of Spider-Girl's continuity, and that's it. I'm, I'm washing my hands of this. What happened in that one? Spider the, the end. Spider Girl: The End. Uh, they do a flash forward to the future. It's a story about yeah. how uh, May was actually killed in an accident by her sister. Damn! Quote, quote unquote, sister or clone. So, given the opportunity to travel, and it it created a dark future for various reasons that are explained in the story. So, uh, April, who who's our clone or whatever, goes back in time, uh, switches it so that she dies instead. And then Mayday goes on, everything's fine, uh, presumably in the future, we don't know. And of course, at the end of the story, she finally uh, gets together with Wes, who, who they'd been hinting that could, you know had romantic interest in her for a while. And it had a happy ending, basically. Where the last, uh, the last page of the issue is her sitting on the, the uh, steps of, their, of the Parker family porch. He's got his arm around her, they're both sitting outside smiling. There's, you can see in the window, <laughs> this is actually really funny, in the window, it's Mary Jane holding a baby Ben, looking out, smiling, and Peter looking out, just kind of scowling, like, he's got his arm around my daughter. What are you doing with my daughter? <laughs> Bastard. And it's like the end, you know, for now, you know, the classic. <laughs> the really end happy ending. I just, I just, I just really like the, the place that they had left it, where it was yeah. still, sure, a lot of bad things happened, but it was still hopeful, much like the, the whole series, really. It was hopeful you know, upbeat. That's kind of like um, uh, like Gail Simone's last story in Batgirl. Like she did that, that during Future's End, she told a story where like uh, actually Barbara Gordon would ga- would gather Stephanie, Cassandra, and a third girl to be like this team Batgirl, and I surprisingly really really enjoyed that uh, from a writer I usually don't like. So that's kind of similar that like we've seen potential futures and they were better than bringing them characters back in regular continuity. <laughs> yeah, the ironing uh, is delicious. Yeah. Look, I just I just like the idea that if you're if you're ha- have a character who's known for being positive and upbeat, and you have to end it, you end it on a positive and upbeat note, right? Not by having her her father be killed off in a pointless crossover, making it permanent, having her come back and change her identity, like completely discard her previous history entirely. <laughs> because she's honoring her father, the her best man in her life, and robbing herself of her individuality. What the misogynist? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And it was I really... Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's, uh, and we'll talk about this more on Mayday Mondays, I'm sure. It's going to bother me for a long time. Like, I, I, have, I, have, I have PTSD after reading that. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that. Really? Really? It's, you have it, PTSD? It's bugged me ever since. I can't get... I can't... I look up... I have the, you know... I got my Spider-Girl poster in my room, I got my Spider-Girl experience, I got my line of all of the digest, and every time I look at them now, I can't get, I get the sour taste in my mouth. Spider-Girl approved, you know, Walter PPK. Nah, I've been there, like, like Headcanon's the best place to be. Yep. You know, okay, so, overall, we didn't like them bringing back our favorite characters. I know that it's kind of 
I'm just saying this as a fan. I know as a fan, it's kind of difficult to sit there and say, "Well, they brought they brought back my favorite character, and then they saw he made it suck." You know, we don't want we didn't nobody wanted that. I mean, go back to listen to those other old episodes. There was an optimism that hopefully the story would be good, but the execution once again with Dan Slott and his his events, it, it just failed. So. You know, I got I got into a very small argument when I was a guest on Comic Timing about uh, the merits of Spider Verse and whether Dan Slott would, would make good on Renew Your Vows. It was actually kind of funny. If you want to listen to that? It's a little plug to Comic Timing episode something something. We talked about the Daredevil series and the we end it with me and the hosts arguing about Dan Slott. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, enough about Slott. Um, okay, enough about Slott. Let's talk about some Clone Saga, Web of Carnage, number part one. Sensational Spider-Man number three, written and drawn by Dan Jurgens. Uh, Klaus Janssen does the inks, the finishing inker. And uh, we open the, the, the issue with um, a deer-in-the-headlights look for Ben Riley. Now, he's at Ravencroft. He's got the skeleton that they found in the smokestack. Peter shows up in <laughs> what looks like a Corvette, which, really... He's in a Corvette. <laughs> they mention that it's a rental, but it's still kind of ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, come on. Apparently, Dan Jurgens is a Corvette fan. Um, anyway, the uh, they then get the exposition. We cut back to the end of uh, the last issue of Spectacular that we covered, where Jessica has all the pictures of Spider-Man all over her room, and uh, Ben is trying to trying to discuss, you know, what happened with Jessica's father, and Jessica's just being being, you know, she doesn't want to talk about it. So, we then cut to the Parker family homestead where the semi-pregnant Mary Jane and uh, Peter Parker are getting things unpacked as they're trying to, quote, restart their lives in the in New York. We then cut to the grind where Jessica's backpack is left at the grind and he's going to take it back to her. And uh, there's a picture of Jessica's father and Jessica with, like, her sixth birthday or something like that. But her father's in silhouette. Foreshadowing. Yeah, it's normal when you take a picture of a father and a daughter at a at a birthday party. Usually, the dad is creepily inc- like encased in shadow. Yeah, that's just not that's just bad. <laughs> <We think laughs> that's the, the entire plot revolves around it. It's bizarre. Yes, I know. And we 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 uh we then cut to uh, Ben's at Ravencroft and he's talking with uh, with the security guard, or John Jameson. And he's like, you know, apparently Carnage is on the loose or something like that. And so, you know, Cassidy's saved away and tucked away in the cell. We then get back to where we began the issue, but right before Peter picked him up. Well, they take the body to the Avengers. Now, this is the Avengers post-time uh, slide. So, the mansion's destroyed. The so what? <laughs> post-Avengers time slide. Uh, Never heard of yeah, it. Mid-90s Avengers is bad. Just take my word for it. <laughs> and we the, get point, the, point, the point is they're not in Avengers Mansion. They're on, uh, like, Long Island, or that, I believe. It's, yeah, they're outside. Is the word time slide spelled with a Y? No. I'm, oh, my God, really? <laughs> I, no, it's not. I'm shocked. That's actually... Huh. Yeah, I am shocked, too. Because it would have made, made it ten times more 90s if it had been spelled with a Y. <laughs> well, he had that, like, that Gambit-style mask that doesn't hide anything that I'm wondering. <laughs> Was Teen Tony Stark in that, in that story? <laughs> uh, no, that was The Crossing. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that really answers that. I don't, I don't, that was another nice story. Was I thinking? <laughs> awesome. So, anyway. So, 
uh, giant man shows back up, and, and they start doing analysis on the body. And uh, after doing all the, uh, and then Peter's got a photo analysis deal where, <laughs> and Hank Pym, you know, he's kind of brushing Peter off, like, "Why do you have this photography here? Don't take any pictures of the equipment." You know, uh, apparently he's Mo from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so Peter's trying to enhance the photo, and sure enough, you get this blurry image of the burglar. <laughs> Jessica's father. He's the burglar who killed my uncle Ben. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> that same page is uh, suddenly the rest of the Avengers show up, and it's like uh, first the easy part. Date indicates the skeleton's been this that's smoked stack for five years. It's a, there's a gen- slight genetic drift. It's a clone of you. Oh, not another one. <laughs> By the way, who the hell are these Avengers? I recognize Hawkeye and Goliath, but I don't know who the who the woman Black is. Widow. I know because I remember that, that's the first time I ever saw the Black Widow. Like not this comic, but like that costume's the first time I saw her. So that's her. I don't know who uh, the guy with like Mullet the, Man. the workout costume is. I don't know who that is. Is that Hercules? I hope not. Uh, yeah. I honestly don't know, and I feel bad that I don't know. No, don't feel bad. It's the 90s. Who cares? What I, I, I know, but I mean, I've read, like, some of the 90s. Now, granted, if you've read the 90s Avengers, you've probably spent the rest of your life trying to forget. But, like, I mean, at least I've read these stories. I should know who these are people are. Well, the only reason I recognize Hawkeye is because you can see the arrows on his back. Because that costume doesn't look... Hmm? I think it's the first costume I ever saw him in too. It's not like, because I've I, I read comics in the '90s. So I think, that, yeah, these are like my first Avengers, and I, I barely know them. <laughs> and I think it's funny that we're doing we're talking about Avengers in, on the show. You know, when just a month ago, but, yeah, they're relevant now. But uh, <laughs> apparently, the skeleton was supposed to be the original clone from ASM four forty nine. Screw that. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I, we're. They seemingly never learn in this in this era. By the way, the, no, you you forgot to Zach. If that's the end of your recap, you forgot to mention the best part, which is that the uh, the the little blurb for the next issue promises that the next issue will be full of answers. What a lie! In fact, if I remember right, this skeleton thing just goes on forever and, and just fizzles out without a resolution. Yes, because um, it was. I think it was Kurt Busiek that, that proposed it. Why right, Busiek? Um, just go back to writing Ultimate Spider-Man or uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out endings to the Clone Saga, and that was going to be part of the ending, supposedly. Doesn't answer anything. It doesn't. That's, that's we the need point. an ending for the Clone Saga. Let's ask a bunch of people who have nothing to do with the Clone Saga. Black Widow, what do you think about this skeleton that made you the clone? What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask the scientist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go to Doctor Strange. Maybe he knows who the, who the real clone is. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Does anybody read um, uh, What If Spider Spider Man or Scarlet Spider killed Ben Riley or killed us? Uh, uh, no, I know of it. I've not read it. Okay. Basically, the gist of it is is and this was submitted around the time is that the storyline would end with both Ben and Peter getting caught in a terrible explosion. The following issue, we pick up some days later and reveal that only one of them survived. The problem is the survivor has partial amnesia and can't remember if he's Peter Parker or Peter Parker's clone. Since there doesn't seem to be any way to restore his memories or allow him to be sure about his true identity, the hero just d- decides to continue on as Peter Parker. 
The important thing is to keep in mind is to have amnesia over and done with one storyline, and we proceed and never look back. Quote unquote. What? Comparisons, comparisons to the phenomenal success that Marvel was enjoying with Wolverine and Cable. Both of those true origins remain mostly unknown. This oh. is long. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta stop you. Okay. He's gonna have amnesia that causes him to have a major identity crisis, but we won't bring it up again? <laughs> That's some Ar- oh, yeah. that's some Armin Tamsarian oh. shit right there. <laughs> Fuck uh, you. But in, in the immortal words of the uh, late night infomercials, but wait, there's more. For one, I don't want thing, them to the be. Still- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> For one thing, the still pregnant Mary Jane would be missing. For a time, it would seem as if she's dead. But enough clues <laughs> to her survival would be dropped along the way that Spider-Man would begin to question whether she and the baby truly died. This would lead to a whole new storyline, the search for Mary Jane. When he finally does fire, find her, she's no longer pregnant, but has no idea what happened to the baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. It's better. Okay, what? No, it's, there's who, do I have, who do I have to strangle? I don't know. They actually, okay, the person that submitted this, according this is according to Life of Riley, wrote it under a pseudonym. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <So> and I... <laughs> This would then that would then kick off a baby quest storyline that would keep the momentum going, contain, maintain the sense of mystery, and keep readers guessing. And what would the answers turn out to be? Nothing. The mysteries would never be solved. As it said in the memos, readers may claim they want all the answers. They may demand the answers. We may even give them the answers to the readers. But once you do, you're bound to piss someone off. The readers don't really want to know. Cowards. Take take, the, take take away the mystery. And it's over. And, and this is what this is the last line of, of part twenty one of Life of Riley Archives. I did say that ideas got wilder as we went along, didn't I? Oh, but part, my God. parts of that, like the explosion thing where Ben and Peter one ends up dead or whatever, that was totally in the what if story. That was also so, in the original Clone Saga. Isn't that what happened? Well, no, like uh, there was an explosion. Yeah, there was an explosion. Yes, but in the in like the Green Goblin in the. Ironically enough, this was written, I think, after, uh, before Revelations. Green Goblin shows up. They have a fight. There's a big giant explosion. Ben wakes up, or Peter, doesn't know if he's Ben or Peter. I think it's Ben. And Mary Jane's still pregnant. She has the baby. And then, like, she just leaves. She's like, oh my God. Uh, as soon as I saw the patented uh, impact webbing, I knew you're not my Peter. Have a good life, Ben. And then just walks off into the sunset, almost ex- almost exactly like how Howard Mackey had Mary Jane leave at the end of. Uh, or it should be like, oh my God, Ben, Peter's dead. Let's grieve together because we know each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God, Ben, I just had a kid and my husband is dead. Can you can you possibly help me financially while I get my feet back on the ground? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> this leads to okay. So getting back to our recap, let's. Uh, no, 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 you don't just ignore that. Yeah. Hold on a second. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So, th- so it was legitimately floated out there that they would end the Clone Saga by not ending the Clone Saga. Is basically what you're yes. saying because they they, they, just yes. hand, they basically just hand wave away the entire plot and just have one Spider-Man at the end. That yeah, yeah. Get rid of Jim Cross. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with? I I don't know. See, here's the thing. Uh, the, the skeleton mystery will get wrapped up next, next, particularly next, uh, next month. Not that, great, that, not, not that great of a mystery, to be to be honest. Yeah. It's just what the and hell. Again, again, and again, wrapped up needs a lot of quotation marks around it. Yeah, the last page of how everything's at a Dutch angle. It's like I'm looking at the Avengers that they're about to fall off the off the page. <laughs> oh, 
next episode, I'll just use two words for the next for the next episode. <clears throat> Time loop. Oh no. There will be a there will be uh, there will be a very long, lengthy uh, <laughs> it's podcast. It's an exercise in frustration. <laughs> <laughs> and oh man, it, it just. I thought this podcast was supposed to get better when Spider Ben showed up. I, I, I know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, lie. well, because this is you this lied is to all me. This is false advertising. No. I'm suing you. No, 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 no. The, the stories get better. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff that's wacky. Yeah, that was appalling. <laughs> yeah. How dare oh, they do oh, that? Just, just, just People just don't really want to know the answers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. You get Time Loop and Mephisto next episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. My favorite character uh, from the Ghost Rider movie. Exactly. <laughs> Johnny. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So let's <laughs> let's move on to AS. The sad part about that is that casting was genius. <laughs> but it was just so badly written. I don't know about that. Like, Blackheart was pretty shit. No, no, no. I just mean the casting was genius on the part of Mephisto. I'm like, hey. That's by, ha- yeah. by having an icon of a pre- of like of 1960s motorcycle culture play the devil who was forcing this guy to constantly ride a motorcycle. Who's That's he, awesome. Who was again? It was, was Peter Fonda who played a... Easy Rider. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's all I think I've only seen that maybe twice. Uh, got it. Anyway. <laughs> okay, uh, so... Gerard, do you have the recap of ASM? <laughs> kind of. Uh, okay. Sure, why not? Uh, I usually write these ahead of time, but I didn't. But it won't matter, because this is basically just an exposition fest. We have yep. Amazing Spider-Man number 410, Web of Carnage Part 2, and it was just called, and now, Spider-Carnage. Which, of oh, course, yeah. which immediately brings to mind thoughts of voice-controlled robots, and silver Spider-Man costumes, and... The keys is my lawyer? Yeah. Gwen Stacy, who I've never seen this woman before. Uh, yes, one of the greatest single storyline. It's Spider Verse actually done well. <laughs> a, lot more, a lot more entertainingly, quite honestly. Put me down, destroy him. Put me down, destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, we begin with. Uh, okay, well, this is kind of weird. Right off the bat, we have Ben swinging Peter, who's holding a bag. That supposedly has the skeleton in it, but it sure just looks like a actual body is in there. Yeah, there's a lot of weight in that skeleton. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weight. Like it, the the bag is clearly like straining over this thing. So a cop who who has who's in a panel that's drawn with the classic Gil Kane right up the nose shot sees them swinging overhead. Well done. Threatens to shoot them if they don't stop. You know, like all police do nowadays. And yep. they go, oh, they go over the roof. Wow! Really? <laughs> I live what in New really? York, uh, dude. I live in New York. It's constantly on my mind. Okay. So they get to the roof and they have a little bit of a exposition about uh, wanting answers and blah blah skeleton etc. And uh, Ben decides just for the giggles that he's going to let Peter take a picture of him with the skeleton to sell to the bugle, and before he returns it because, as he says, Jameson will pay a lot of money for it. So he leaves the conflicted Peter to uh, gather his thoughts. Meanwhile, at a, a quote-unquote, at a public garage far across town, 
Wait, I read that completely wrong. Meanwhile, at a public garage far across town, uh, a guy is uh, walking with a couple of... There are a couple of drunks. He's walking with his girlfriend, wife, what? and, and uh, domestic abuse is about to break out. But then suddenly they're attacked by Carnage. Da-da-da! Who was a lot? Who sort of? You remember that issue where Kane was wearing Spider-Man's costume? <laughs> oh, this isn't that bad. <laughs> no. I, I'm just comparing it because it's basically like it's Carnage, but it, like it looks nothing like Carnage other than the fact that he's red. It's a red guy with a Carnage mask, basically. Pretty much, yeah, and he's huge. He's like way bigger than Carnage. Yeah. He, he's he's swole. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Because uh, John Jameson's been working. Spoilers. <laughs> I didn't know. Until, uh, I didn't know that they revealed it in the comics, but yes. <laughs> and my my favorite line of the issue, by the way, that's quite enough, my friend. A real man never raises his hand to woman. And you could just insert all the panels of Carnage smack and shriek around from Maximum Carnage right here. <laughs> Tis true. There's a lot of irony in that statement. Um, so anyway, we go back to a where we're suddenly the next day at the Daily Grind, where uh, Ben Riley is there at wor- at work. Or supposedly, where he, he's listening to a, what's his name, the uh, Buzz, the, the guy, who's going on about some crazy conspiracy theory that he has, as he usually does, about how uh, have uh, the cops maybe releasing Carnage into the streets at night and then letting him go back to Ravencroft during the day. That, that honestly sounds like a future plot line. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Venom with Carnage. Right. This guy is very genre savvy. So late, we're, we cut next to the Ravencroft Institute, where we pretty much do confirm that yes, Cletus Cassidy is it, it continued to be incarcerated. And uh, so we have a, there were a couple of detectives there with John Jameson. John Jameson gives one of them a ride home, and Ben, assuming that there must be some shenanigans going on at Ravencroft, decides to follow them, where uh, because uh, John's giving one of the guys a ride home or whatever, or to, to some place that he wants. So. When they split up after John drops him off, Ben follows the guy, and it turns out the guy is going to some underground cosplay club, (laughs) dressing up as supervillains, and I swear to God, I I think I see Two-Face back there. There is Two-Face, yeah. Really? Two-Face, yeah. Uh, I'm on my way. Uh, Oh, there he is! You know what? Was this done at the same time as the crossover between Batman and Spider-Man? Not that he was in that, but like I'm just wondering. I think that was a little earlier than this. I think you're right, because like, Peter was still Spider-Man at the time. He had long hair, so... Yeah, but either way, I'm like, wait, what? And that's the only... It's jarring, because everyone... No, it's, it's, it's Landon! <laughs> From the 90s show. <laughs> it's Robert Landon. Robert Landon. <laughs> of course. No, there's also the abomination up there, but I, I, I double-take, because I thought it was Hulk Goblin for a second. I'm like, A-bomb, what? there is... It looks like Arcade, Red Skull, Carnage, uh, Doctor Doom... Uh, Baron Zemo, someone that looks like uh, Lo- oh, Loki, I see, and I don't know anybody else, and Venom. Yep. So, and by the way, some of these costumes are amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, in, as in, like, they they just look like the legitimate versions of them. But anyway, it's it's all cosplay. Uh, <laughs> then, of course, we get to uh, Carnage suddenly attacks, and everybody thinks it's part of the show, until Spider-Ben then attacks Carnage, and they're like, wait, 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 oh. wait. You missed one part. 
the uh, security guard is selling memorabilia of, of what Cletus Gasney is like. Towers oh right, of co- oh, yeah, I forgot that stupidity. Yeah, he, he turns, <laughs> like, he's, he's smuggling things out of Ravencroft to sell to these guys because they're freaks. So he's like, yeah, here's a here's a towel that Cletus Cassidy wiped his balls on, guys. Uh, give me a hundred bucks for this. And then all of a sudden, that's when Carnage attacks. Yes, thank you. He wants a towel back. Yeah, I know. My ball's still sweaty. Um, <laughs> so he attacks, and then, then you know, Ben attacks him. So, uh, you know, quapoom, and all that stuff, because the you know, place is collapsing. <laughs> Somehow no no one dies. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's the classic Marvel fight where, where they show up, there's like, a, all, like hundreds of people, and then they show up, and then all of a sudden everybody clears out moments before the place collapses, mm-hmm. and no one is injured. Uh, except apparently for... Uh, <laughs> The the uh, detective Connor Trevane, who's underneath the rubble, uh, Ben manages to save him, and he mentions uh, that he's going to let Ben go, even though he's wanted for stealing that skeleton or whatever. He's like another one, like, one of, like the only two cop characters in Spider-Man history that like either likes him or dislikes him, and like he feels very much like like a, a member of a type. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he sa- and I quote, "It's the least I could do. I still owe you." That's if you're the same Spider-Man who saved my mom, my son a few months back. Now, really, if you say that to Spider-Man, is he going to say that he's not the same one? Come on. So, of course, uh, do, we, do we know about that, or is it like a throwaway line? Uh, no, we know about this, right? What's, I don't remember seeing this guy ever, but that's not to say he didn't have him. <laughs> okay, I got a full disclosure. I don't really remember either, but that's because my memory is just awful. Well, and there's I'm, no there's no asterisk like, you know, see, this issue, so we have to imagine that, like... Well, I'm assuming I'm assuming if he yells out his name, it's Connor Trevane, that it must be somebody we're supposed to recognize. I believe that, like, they said his name when he was spying on him through Ravencroft earlier, although was was Ben in the building or not? I don't, I don't even remember. There, there, this is a mess. But anyway, uh... So then, uh, tw- as the captain tells us, barely 20 minutes later, <laughs> they break into the apartment of the uh, the guy that was selling the ball towels. He's already at home and, like, undressed and all that stuff. So they arrest oh, him. Oh, Dick Erson. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll squeal. I'll tell you everything. A few hours later, uh, Ben is uh, dropping by the uh, Daily Grind again, where once again, we got another crazy conspiracy where... Talking about things about the cops, election years, and it's just like, what is going on? <laughs> so then we go to the hospital, where Peter and Mary Jane are going to visit Seaward Trainer. And Peter's like, what I called ahead of time, of course they'll let me in. And then, of course, he gets there and they don't let him in. He begins to suspect that Seaward may actually be avoiding him. Why would he be doing that? Uh, a few hours later, uh, uh, Jessica Carradine shows to the, up to the Daily Bugle where she tries to sell some photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> and this scene is ludicrous because they start complaining that, okay, you know, these are nice photos and all, but we don't buy random pin-up shots of Spider-Man. <laughs> we need actual, like, you know, story behind this, which is insane because, of course, they buy pin-up shots of Spider-Man. But anyway, so we cut back to Ravencroft where, once again demonstrates that Cletus Gassidy is still there, and Ben, it, it, seeing that's how he had a lot of success with this yesterday, he decides to follow, uh, once again, as John Jameson leaves, he's following, and all of a sudden, Carnage explodes out of John Jameson's car and attacks him, because as it turns out, John Jameson is now Carnage for some reason. So they have a fight, uh, Jessica is there to witness it, 
and decides, you know what, now would be a good time to take some pictures because they just told me that I need some action shots. So uh, Carnage is working a master plan here. And in reality, he just wants to attack Spider-Man to take over Spider-Man as his new Spider-Man breaks, literally, literally breaks his jaw clean off, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does, actually. Like and, it, 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 and you see, like, a million teeth falling out, too. It's, just, it's amazing. But, okay. yeah, so then right after that, and by the way, John Jameson, not injured by that. But, yeah, so he, the symbiote attaches to, uh, to Ben. He turns into Spider-Carnage with the costume that we all know and love. Oh, yeah. And by that, I mean just Ben Riley with some uh, red veins and Carnage's head. And claws. Yeah. And and still has his web shooters on. I, I, I love it. <laughs> it. It is actually cool. I'm not trying to be snarky here. It, it is actually very cool. Uh, uh, fun fact about Spidey-Dude.com. Uh, <laughs> this was one of the Probably. first images we posted up on the website. Oh, the, uh, the Spider Carnage? The, the full Spider Carnage reveal. Yeah. Uh, Somebody made a scan of it, and uh, so we posted on Spidey Dash Dude back when it was Spidey Dude Spider Man page. Uh, uh, yeah, back in the back in the old dial up days, huh? Indeed. How, so how many so hours did it take to upload that? Well, we made it to where, dude. Remember, if you go back to the the episode where my dad and I were talking, he made it specifically to where it would load up as quickly as possible. So he had like the lowest resolution probably image you could find of it. <laughs> it's one hundred by fifty pixels. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, although, to be fair, back in those old uh, CRT screens, that would have been, like, screen filling. It would have. It, I think it did fill the screen when you when you actually clicked on it. But anyway, so uh, all of a sudden, Ben is just starts winging out because, you know, he's carnage now. Uh, Jessica shows up at the perfectly inopportune time to start taking some photographs, and Carnage is... is he, carnage going to Carnage. So he, go, he goes up to her and, like, begins to threaten to attack her. And that's, <laughs> that's our cliffhanger. They say, uh, next issue, miss it not. Because suddenly Yoda is the narrator. <laughs> miss it or miss it not. And there is no miss. I believe that takes us into uh, PP. What is it called, Peter Parker's Spider-Man? Is that after the Clone Saga? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was after. 76. Oh, no, 75, they start calling it. 75. Which, yeah. by the way, completely gives away the ending. Uh, oh yeah! Whoops! <laughs> it does again. In fact, the ads completely ruined it because because I remember the ad in Peter Parker. Oh, sorry, excuse me. An adjective list number seventy four. They're like, next issue: Peter Parker, Spider Man number seventy five. <laughs> the return of the one true Spider Man. I'm like, oh, I know how this ends. Because because you didn't just demand it; you threatened it. <laughs> well, it was either that or we got an ending where there's an explosion and amnesia. <laughs> Baby Quest or whatever. <laughs> baby Quest. Baby Quest, yes. It's gonna have a baby like 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 a backpack to his chest like Cable did too. <laughs> I have one of those carriers for my child. Of course <laughs> you do. Because <laughs> God forbid you should actually carry that kid in your hands. Hey. You know Strong sometimes sometimes you need both you need your hands free to, you know, make a bottle or something. It comes in handy. I choose to believe that. <laughs> Alright. Spider Man sixty seven. Hold on, we're not gonna review we're not gonna review this one or are we just no, we gonna go four issues? Yeah, we're gonna do all four issues, then we'll review those Wait, four what issues. What am I We didn't review the first one. Oh my god, I'm I'm just out of I apologize. You're drunk, go home. <laughs> You're delirious. Okay, to be position. 
I thought I was going to fall asleep, so I totally did, like, an entire brick of cocaine before this show, so... <laughs> How'd you do with Spider-Man, number 67? All right, uh, Web of Connors, part three. Who am I? Story and art by Mackie and Romita Jr. Inks by Williamson and Milgram. Colors by Kevin Tinsley. Uh, colored steps by Malibu's Hughes. And lettering by Richard Starkings Comic Craft. All our friends. Enemies. Um... Last time on Spider-Man, uh, the Carnage symbiote got onto Ben Riley, and he's now Spider-Carnage. Because John Romita Jr. is joining him, he looks not as awesome, but equally as dangerous and creepy, which is kind of awesome in its own way. So throughout this entire issue, the Carnage symbiote is just like, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill everybody who just happens to be in my line of vision. So, uh, and that person at that time is just Jessica Carradine. So she's kind of frozen in um, interest because she wants to take a picture of Spider-Man. But she's also recognizing that the costume is alive, and she says, Spider-Man seems to be fighting the, the, uh, the costume, and at least he seems to be losing. So uh, Spider-Carner's Ben begs that she runs away from her, and he kind of swings away before he chops her into bits. Um, elsewhere, we see Peter expositing, I sure was a clone, and I am a clone now, or was I not? I, I'm not a man, or am I before? The same kind of crap. Uh, really it is. So... They talk, he, uh, Mary Jane meets him on a rooftop, and she says, Ben called a while ago. He sounded strange. Well, after I hug you and our unborn child, I'll see him. A short time later, Peter knocks on Ben's apartment, and there's a, quite frankly, great scene of Spider Carnage in the dark of his apartment. Just, yes. This is legitimately awesome, uh, where Ben's like, you know, Peter, he came. You can kill him. No, then you would be the only one, the real one. No questions. I am the real one. He's the clone. Are you sure? Yes. Kill him and end it now. No. Kill him. Shut up. Kill him. Oh, hi, Peter. How are you doing? So he opens the door. Ben, Mary Jane said you called. And like and Ben looks like he's a completely different character. <laughs> yeah, he does. Which, which, which is like, I'm not blaming. I'm not saying that's bad art. That's like clearly meant to accentuate his evilness. So, um, Peter, it's not hilarious. But it's hilarious because Peter doesn't seem to notice. Yeah, th- this this is my only con for this issue. Spoilers from my review, but like Peter is surprisingly oblivious. Like you know, well we sure are going to uh, talk to Super Trainer. What do you think, Ben? As your back is turned the entire time, and Ben looks like he's like trying not to turn turn into like somebody who looks worse than Kane. And, and like his costume looks freaking different and everything. And like Peter's like, yep, 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 the skeleton. Yeah, and his mouth is his mouth is all symbiote too. So you can, I just imagine he's talking with some horrible like hissing like like all right, Peter. <laughs> he doesn't seem to notice any of this. His blood is warm. Kill him. And he's the reason why Ben's not looking at him. Not just not only because for some reason Peter can't find out he's really Spider Carnage, but because if he sees him, he the the symbiote will want to kill him. And because Peter is not, you know, I imagine, this is me supposing, but because it's an offspring of the Venom symbiote, and because Peter doesn't have any super strength anymore, the symbiote is just bloodlusting after Peter, especially. And there's a there's an, a freaking awesome panel of, of Spider-Ben yelling, no, uh, in response to Spider-Connors wanting him to kill Peter. Uh, Peter's like, whoa. He says, I will not go with you to see Seward. I already know the truth behind how much of a good, nice guy he is, so I don't want to mess with him anymore. And Peter's like, fine, I'm going to go myself. And um, Ben just collapses on the ground as the symbiote just screams in his ear <laughs> like a uh, a yerk from the Animorph series. Kill him, kill him, kill him! <laughs> and so Ben... <laughs> that was quite a reference, I know. <laughs> so 
Spider-Ben goes out and just tries to, like, get away from, uh, uh basically tries to, like, 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 get out of the, get some air and not try to be taken over by evil. And, but by the time he gets to the roof, he, he has been taken over by evil, and he's now once again Spider-Carnage. Whoops. So, uh, we go back to Ravencroft, where John Jameson and Ashley Kafka are spying on Hands Washing Cletus Cassidy, and they're wondering, they wondered last time where the symbiote go, although this time they, they say he's now attached to Spider-Man. So they're wondering how the symbiote escaped Ravencroft. And uh, we see Peter head towards uh, the hospital where Seward Trainer is staying, being, sh- being followed by a sh- shadowy figure who is Spider Carnage. So just, just, and still, still trying not to just, like, you know, eat Peter Parker. Um, it, it seems that Seward Trainer has been released from the hospital. So Peter uh, tries to ask where he can find his address, and they said, that's classified information. But at that moment, Spider Carnage is attacking the security outside of the hospital. So Peter uses that moment to uh, kind of spy on the, on the camera and f- figure out that Trainer's bills were played by something called the Brand Corporate. No, I mean the Roxxon Corporation. I mean the Multivex Corporation. <laughs> So um, the woman comes back and says, you should leave, sir. Security is warning me that, that the carnage creature is outside. And Peter's like, ah, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> carnage, <laughs> carnage, carnage. So um, kind of outside where spider carnage is just, you know, he's not killing anybody, but he's kind of throwing him around. Uh, Peter's like, Ben, what the, I, I mean, uh, Spider-Man, is that really you? <laughs> and um, that just kind of sends spider carnage in a frenzy. Right at that moment, John Jameson and some helicopters try to attack him, but they, have, they don't stand a chance. Peter tries to stop Spider Carnage from killing anybody, and Spider Carnage instinctively knocks him nearly across the roof. And Peter's like, "Oh yeah, I don't have any powers." So um, Spider Carnage is like, "I'm gonna eat you!" And Peter's like, "No, Ben, you've got to fight it. Don't do it. I've been here before, bro. Trust me, it's a symbiote. You can't let it uh, take over you." And um, at the last instant, uh, Ben keeps Spider Carnage from killing Peter, but he. Uh, and I think this is really, really kind of like him fighting the influence that Symbio says. You understand nothing. I don't want your self-righteousness to forget us or your understanding. I will not be responsible for what we do. I will not let this Symbio control me. And so Peter says, I'm sorry, Ben. That's not going to happen. I will get to the truth and stop you no matter what. To be concluded in the pages of Spectacular Spider-Man 233. So that was that issue. All right. So then that leads us into... Uh Spectacular. Written by Tata Zago, Sabi Simma does the breakdowns. Art Filbert and John Stansiski does the, it's do a, the finishing. It's the Zach. The Stanisi. Sorry. Uh, you know, Gerard's always here to help me pronounce the last names of artists that I, I can't pronounce the last It's a shame that this is Gerard's uh, last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave now. Okay. <laughs> we, open, we, we open the, uh, the issue with Ben... Uh, transforming into Spider Carnage. Awesome. And hit. Yeah, it's a really awesome opening splash page. And then Spider Carnage swinging through the city. And some, some you know, gangbangers are trying to uh, uh, mug a poor little, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed couple. You know, it, most sympathetic <laughs> of all couples. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Spider Carnage shows up and. Absolutely, just wreck shop. He gets a little bit of a joy out of pretty much slaughtering these guys, and uh, well, no, no, no slaughter. He dreams yeah. about actually slaughtering them, but it turns out he didn't. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. There, there's there's these overlay cutscenes where you think that he actually may have slaughtered it, but they're just dreams. And <laughs> no, no, he's he's grabbing them by the neck and throwing them into brick walls. They won't be hurt. It, it's it's very <laughs> incredible whole TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, David. 
And I hope you find your safe place. Your refuge. Thank you. like he's trying to get the people to leave he's like I said go and then all of a sudden the carnage like makes <laughs> <laughs> <gonna> eat them. <laughs> it looks like a giant Pac-Man's about to kill it, but it's like the head of carnage and I, 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 just, I just noticed it's like, like, like it uh, because of the symbiote his mask is off so they won't see who he is but it's kind of cool yeah yeah exactly so uh, then we cut to uh, multivex which Multivex will come and will be play a big role in uh, Blood Brothers. Of course it will. Next month. Why do they <laughs> always introduce new science corporations? Can they, can they just use the ones that already exist? Because there's like fifty of them, and they're all they're all successful. Multi. Like how many time, How many? Of, how much of the economy can these companies suck up? Really? <laughs> you know how many of these they actually have in New York? Zero, because they're all in New Jersey. Exactly. Peter's dressed like the uh, the '90s show uh, toy. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's, he although, he's, is. although he's wearing a goddamn ascot. Ascot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, anyway, that's, uh, we then, uh, as Peter's leaving, we cut to, see what's right now, because remember, he is actually played by Sean Connery in this. Uh, he's talking with the shadowy figure. Uh, shadowy figure number 97. Yeah. Hey, don't laugh. I made a Sean Connery reference right at the beginning of the episode. That's a true story. Um, uh, Okay, so uh, then we cut to Jessica's dark room where she uh, every single every single frame gets overexposed. Yeah, this is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, this is important, which I of course because I didn't write this ahead of time, I goofed up in my last. Uh, wait a minute, no, I didn't because at the end of the recap, she, yeah, um, when when uh, she had tried to photograph him earlier, Spider Carnage knocked the uh, camera out of her hand and it broke open, which yeah. which exposed the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so then we cut to uh, Ravencroft, where there's no doubt about it, Cassidy is actually dying. And he keeps washing his hands for some reason. Like, the entire arc, he's washing his hands. Like, he can't get his hands clean enough. Is that, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, that's, that's, sim- that's symbolic of some sort of, like, mental or physical disease. But So I, I imagine like, that's, that was a point, but, like, they don't really actually explain it. Yeah, so uh, suddenly... Um, Spider Carnage is out in the perimeter, and he's you know trying to get through Ravencroft. Ben's trying to get to Cassidy, and like very brutal bunch of scenes mm-hmm. where he finally grabs Jameson's like your blood, Jameson. I can hear it screaming for to me. It wants to come out. You know, yeah, that's kind of creepy. Um, but you know, anyway, fine. You know, you you get to see the internal dialogue between between Spider Carnage and Ben's like mindscape. He's like in this twisted version. Like there's a scene where he sees a bunch of windows, and then the, the in the panel below it, you see a bunch of like just blood and gore. It's ba- and, it's basically uh, if you're familiar with the '90s X-Men show, every time they went into the the uh, oh my god, I suddenly forgot the Shadow Realm or whatever it was. Or, like, when they went into, like, their minds and, like, Professor X and Jean Grey would have, like, armor and they'd be fighting, like, something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's basically the idea here, where you literally see Ben and Carnage fighting each other. Yeah. Some kind of weird mindscape. 
Yes, it's definitely that way. Now we cut to, he finally shows up to uh, Cassidy's cell. And, A single spotlight, uh, apparently. Yeah. And so, finally, uh, Ben gets the symbiote off of him after a big epic inner, inner monologue and it goes through the plumbing <laughs> and then you get the big old splash page I knew you'd come back fill me consume me completely shock yeah so basically they really should try harder with security <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story and then you get then you get the scene with Ben and uh uh John Jameson. And John Jameson and who like kind of having a heart. Who look, yeah, he does look like Peter. They're having like a big heart to heart, you know. There, there was a variable we didn't even know in the equation that it was using the plumbing to get around. Maybe someone here at Ravencroft had considered that possibility. They wouldn't have to go through all, the, all this. He's like, every once in a while, I, I wonder what I'm doing and I'm making the difference after <laughs> all of this. Well, I really needed to hear that. Next issue. The Hobgoblin. I have to mention. I have to mention the hilarity of that line that you just mentioned, where it's like maybe if someone here at Ravencroft had considered the possibility, like I don't know, the director of security. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't my John fault. John Jameson. It was entirely your fault. But he just dusts his hands of that response. Like he's like, oh, it wasn't my fault. Even though, like in the previous issue, I think he was bragging he's the one who designed the cells or something. <laughs> like, but in this issue, he's like, oh, but it wasn't my fault though. He's so proud yeah, of his popped my... collar. And by the way... That's a really high popped collar, too. We're talking like Doctor Strange levels of like Nightwing collar but... poppers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, fun fact about the trade paperback. This is the last story in the trade paperback, and that ASM cover um, of, of this arc yep. is actually the trade cover. But in, in the last six pages, it's a recap of the Clone Saga. Called the <laughs> Exposition? Like, how many people do they think at this point? So, I'm, I'm, I'm one, sorry, I'll, I'll let you continue. Two, okay, there's one, two, three, four. It's, it's only four pages, not six pages. I can't take so anymore. It's called it's called Clone Saga, uh, Spider-Man: The Clone Story, made easy. Yeah, right. And it goes like Miles Warren, Ben Riley. It gets basically like. Rundowns of oh, who everybody is. This original to the trade, or is this a reprint of something that was? It's a reprint that was printed. I don't know where it's from, but it's it's, it's a reprint. So it's a rare. And yeah, it's uh, it's, it, if I was to venture a guess, it's probably from like Wizard Magazine or something like that. But yeah, that's that's how uh, Epic Book Number Three ends with Web of Carnage. Um, hey, yo, ben Riley, Epic Book Number Three. Yeah, Ben Riley, Epic Book Number. Three. Wait, 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 like what? What do they call the Revelation stuff? Uh, that's that's Ben Riley Epic Book Six. Oh, okay, I got you. I thought, I thought and uh, everything. Yeah, it, it, well, because and it's funny because there's like 101 ways in the Clone Saga, the Osborne Journal, and then uh, Spider-Man, uh, Dead Man's Hand, which was the Carrion story that happened immediately after the Clone Saga. It was like a one-shot by uh, Roger Stern, mm-hmm. and it kind of wrapped up the the Carrion stuff. Answered all the questions and stuff. Because that need that was that was important. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. Well, you know, and it has our favorite character, the High Evolutionary, in it. Oh no. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. What? What will they learn <laughs> to not do the things that we don't like? Oh, it gets, almost to be fair, I think the most fun we've had recording an episode is when we did that uh <laughs> that, that High Evolutionary <laughs> story. From yeah, yeah that, that was probably one of the funnest. I brain didn't like I still, it. Uh, uh, I still listen to that episode. You know. 
once every couple of months, just because the hilarity of like Donovan just going apeshit crazy. Oh, oh that's that's that, that, that. Donovan lost it was, his mind. <laughs> uh, great. Well, because the funniest thing was is because we had been keeping it from him for like what a year. Yeah, we kept we kept we kept building it up and teasing it about how bad it was. <laughs> I remember, I remember when we first talked about it. It came up with that bridge issue with Gwen appearing in the Scarlet Spider costume, and yeah. like you guys were you guys were blatantly coy about it, and that was recorded like I think my twenty. First, first day, yeah, and like when we recorded that uh, episode at the time, I think it was like twenty four <laughs> years of me in the dark for that. <laughs> yeah, we're just lost assholes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, 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 I didn't well, okay, we were building it up to be bad, though. It would have been a lot funnier and and worse if we had been building it up like it was Amazing Spider-Man 400 or something. It'd be like, oh my god, oh, yeah, the Donovan, just wait until you read this. And then was, I, I would have just like left the Skype call. <laughs> you would have you would have left this the this, this state and you would have come to get one of us. Would have heard like a door shut, a car drive off, and then like a plane like, in the distance. <laughs> one of us is going down. It was just a question of who. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, it was it was it was pretty hysterical. But yeah, that's uh, but that's the end of Epic Book number three. All right, let's talk about the arc as a whole, guys. What did you guys think? Was it was it good? Was it mediocre? What? Uh, let's start with Don. Um. Okay, I think that it was so-so in the beginning. Once the symbiote got onto Ben, I love this story, especially Adjectiveless. That issue is like no joke. I mean, we 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 have a we we take a lot of the piss out of the, out of this era of Spider-Man because it's easy. This this issue number 67 was awesome. It was. Like there's there's almost nothing wrong with it. I genuinely love it. And quite honestly this that made the story for me and it, a lot of it does continue into um spectacular. So, I think that this is a a very uh honestly a very uh interesting story. A very interesting idea uh, because I I started because I have I have the uh, the Clone trade with the with the Planet Symbiotes. I honestly started reading that and I fell asleep, so I've not gone back to that story. So I don't know the extent of Ben's familiarity with the Symbiotes, but I have to imagine like you know a Symbiote has has yet to be on him. So it's really cool to see something that he's not familiar with uh, contend with. And so all the scenes of him struggling with the Symbiote and Peter trying to help him, and because it's a Carnage Symbiote specifically trying to like not kill everything in sight. It really was really cool. I mean, I know, I know how, you know, I know people don't like Carnage because it's a very 90s, over-the-top kind of character, but I, I like Carnage. And I think that, like, Carnage can be done well, and this is, and this is where, like, the idea of Carnage can be done well. And the Venom symbiote was on Peter. The Carnage symbiote was on Ben. I think that's, that's pretty cool symmetry. And um, I just, I, 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 I'm glad Greg isn't here because I'm sure he would have cracked on it. But I, I really, <laughs> really am... <laughs> Like, like last 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 episode, it was just like him saying everything sucks, and I said you're wrong. But like, I mean, I really did love this. I mean, the first—I don't think anything's bad. I think the first issue, uh, Sensational Number Three, is has just the worst exposition in the world. It really does. Like, like, like I'm not just saying like, you know stuff we need to learn for the issue, but like stuff we already know, like the Clone Saga. We don't need to know most of what they're saying, but like. So that that kind of put me up in a bad mood going into the story, but like by the end of it, I was like, "This is awesome! This is seriously one of my favorite uh, parts of the Clone Saga now." And I had not read this before, but I, I was really happy. The art was great throughout. I love the first image of a uh, Spec Spidey two thirty three, like that image of like the Spider Carnage in the mirror and the Spider Man mask as it's oozing over Ben, looking crazy. That really is a great image. 
that's a cool image. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, the artwork is a bit inconsistent in the other issue. But I like the artwork, generally. I, I think that Cletus looks kind of creepy and cool, how deteriorated he looks. And all the shots of uh, him being shot by like, sonic guns and stuff, and, like, the symbiote looking like blood. I mean, this looks like a very violent, gory comic, even though it, it actually isn't. But I feel that that's appropriate for the story, considering it's carnage. And, like, how his, how his face discon- you know, distorts and elongates because of the jaw. Like, this, this, to me, like, reminds me of why I like Venom and Carnage as, vin- as villains. I thought that, like, in this way, I just, I freaking love this story. I, I, I did. I'm sorry. I, I make no apologies for the story. Yes, you did. You just said I'm sorry. I was kidding, but... I just, no, I'm... Uh, <laughs> no need to... Don't apologize if you like a story. I'm done. Is that, or are you... T- all right, hold on. Tap me in. Tap me in. All right. Uh, it's, all, it's all Gerard Delatour's t- this, t- this time. Why is Howard Cosell uh, narrating all of a sudden? I don't know. Um, <laughs> are you gonna do a Are you gonna do a Ric Flair woo? No, but I, I if you really want me to try, maybe. No, I can't. I can't. Woo! I can't disrespect Nate like that. But um, <laughs> I, I have to agree with Don. This is actually kind of awesome. Um, I, I'll disagree on the first issue. I actually really like that one a lot. Uh, uh, I, yeah, there's a lot of exposition and stuff. I thought in general I liked how low key it was. Because it sort of eases you into the story. Because it really, even though it's Web of Carnage Part 1, aside from a brief mention of Carnage, it really has nothing to do with the rest of the story. That's right. It's mostly about uh, Ben and Jessica Carradine having a scene together. And then a couple of other little things, like the, the whole business with the skeleton and all that stuff. That pretty much has nothing to do with the rest of the story, and uh, and to be honest, considering how the up to, leading up to this point, how much of the Clone Saga has just been ridiculously bombastic crap, I like that they had like a basically a, a pace issue to just to even things out a little bit. And it helps, of course, that it was drawn by Jurgens. And you know, yeah, I want to start that issue. Yeah, it, it I, I liked it. Um, the whole thing reconstructing the skeleton like into like it, the, the computer is building it now. It's putting a costume on him because if it just if it just built him and we saw it was Peter Parker's face, that would ruin everything. So I guess let's have a line, let's have a line of exposition that says it will build him a costume too oh, for no, no reason. And guess what? They use the same exact plot in the resolution of the of the story. I kid you not. <laughs> I'm I'm not. Surprised. I, say, I, I don't like the cover to this issue. I think it's kind of and, and, and and guess what? What? It's in an issue of Unlimited. Oh no! Oh no! We just can't win, can we? Does Rich Gannon appear in it? Does the ghost of Rich Gannon appear? <laughs> there is no Rich Gannon in it's that issue. But uh, Stephen Butler like comes in and uh, you want to talk about like a, oh, okay. a comic done by committee? He's like one of eight artists. Like Ger- Gerard's gonna lose his mind when he sits there and reads through like the amount of art. And I will laugh. <laughs> Why would you laugh at me losing my mind? You hate me that much, Don. <laughs> it's the fact that they, they hired eight artists for a single issue. <laughs> and then a limited issue to boot, too. It's not even like... But anyway, um... But yeah, like Don said, the art, great artwork throughout the whole thing, really. I mean, Jurgens is great, Bagley's great, Gerald Jr. is great. Oh, yeah. And uh, Sal had mostly a return to form in this one. It was weird, because um, I think the you could tell which, it, which pages were inked by... Uh, Thybert, which ones were inked by Stanisi, you can tell. Because Stanisi is a little bit like a... Uh, I hate to say it, but he's sort of a poor man, Sienkiewicz. Not quite as scratchy, but it's less polished than than you're usually used to. 
And he ends up, I think, becoming the primary anchor for a while. Right? Okay. How much longer is Buscema on this, on this book? Uh, he'll be on yeah, for another about three months. Yeah. Um, Luke Ross, I, I think Luke Ross takes over with the with Revelations. Yeah, no, he takes over an issue before That's Revelations. Right. Because uh, Ross takes over, there was that lizard story arc. Yes, you're right. I, I remember now because I think uh, Sal drew the first part and... And then uh, first two parts, and then Ross finished it. Yeah, Ross finished the story because it was it was because Ross, Ross did that uh, one issue of Sensational, and as it, like his, his his audition, and then he got the full time gig on Spectacular, mm-hmm. which he would not relinquish by the way until the end of the end of the volume. So it was pretty impressive that 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 entire book was defined pretty much by uh, two particular artists. Because like Basima uh, started when in the eighties. Oh, yeah, actually, Sal Buscema did issue number one. But, yeah, he but did. he didn't. But he wasn't there the entire time. I think he did the no. first like maybe handful oh of issues, and then someone else did it. And then he came yeah, back I, later. And then from the, the time he came back to the end, he was. I've, he came. I've read. I think uh, he came back during the Conway run. Because I, I, I have a couple of the uh, essentials like during the Black Hat era. I mean. I, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't remember being there, but I know that like he came in like you know during the Tombstone stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, th- I think Zach's right. I think he came back right before Conway came. Yeah, yeah, because he did the um, he did the Captain Universe stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah he, he did he he did, he did most of the Conway like Don said. He did I, the Tombstone stuff. I think stuff. he had like I think his run was like 189 issues or something like that. Something oh. like that. Yeah. It was something crazy. But I remember I mean, he, he he did do issue one. Yeah. But it's just more of a trivia question than anything else. I think he only did the first couple. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, uh, like. Uh, he, of that title, he did like a. There was there used to be a chart. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was Sam Ruby or if it was uh, Spider Fan yeah. that had this chart of all the artists that had done these particular issues, and it may not even be. Oh, issues. I remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it may have been like um, Eric's Spider Man page, which was different than Spider Sam Ruby. But yeah, the, the, it had like 189 issues of of spectacular, and all all of them were done by. All that was done by because really, I mean, it was Buscema and Ross. That was it, almost. Oh, again, uh, though, was, they had a lot of in between. Al Milgram did it for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. That whole, so, that whole mean, cluster F with uh, Jim Mooney and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that got that, yeah. that got Jim Owsley fired. That whole business. That's, yeah, that 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 whole thing. So I mean, I about that. but. <laughs> but, uh, but for definitely for a '90s kid, there was only two artists. Yep. Uh, uh, Bissema and Luke Ross. So, um, but yeah, no. I, uh, a side quest has nothing to do with anything. What is Luke Ross's real name again? Oh, oh is it not his real name? No, it's, no, it's, a, it's a pen name. He's a Brazilian guy. Yeah, and the reason why it's Luciano it. something. Yeah, Rossini. <laughs> it, it, it's something with Ross in it. Uh, Luke, are you saying he's not a real American? <laughs> I am a real American. <laughs> I the rights of every man. Brother. Brother. Uh, anyway, uh, I should probably continue reviewing this before it gets too late. Yeah, go ahead. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they started... The, the skeleton thing, I gotta admit, it, at the beginning, it's sort of a decent mystery in that they just threw it in there and you're like, wait, what the hell is this? But knowing where that, it, that doesn't end up anywhere just makes it a, a space filler. Um, especially since it just sort of vanishes halfway through the story. 
In my opinion, um, because again, I'm, I'm fr- I, I never got around to reading this uh, this this part of um, Ben's run. Like the skeleton thing, it just feels like it's almost like obligatory. Like we have to keep the clones like a tied somehow with an annoying mystery. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, even even if it might be kind of interesting, they keep on, and this is the experts, they keep on, like, you know, wow, this, the skeleton from the smokestack, like, like, they keep doing that, and maybe they're yeah. writing comics around this time anyway, but, like, that really kind of kills it for me, personally. Well, and then you get the mysterious mastermind, and then the other mysterious mastermind, yeah. and, but, I mean, Jesus here's the Christ. deal, Blood, Blood Brothers is the start of the end, truly, because that's where you get the gaunt, uh, uh, introduced, oh, yes. and, then, and then you have Seaver Trainer, and then you have Cyber Goblin, and all that stuff. But, but we'll get into that more but, later. But I, but I think I see what Don is saying, which is that uh, they never gave Ben Riley a Spider-Man any time, any space to breathe. Because yeah. here, because this is what this is the fourth month of Ben Riley a Spider-Man, where yeah, we're tying, uh, we're already tying the clones, like we're already tying the mystery of the clones, and we brought Peter back and all that stuff. Media <laughs> Blizzard, and then was it Returner Kane? Yep. And then and now it's Web of Carnage, and then it's Blood Brothers next time? Yeah, Blood Brothers is next time. And then you have, uh, like, the Onslaught stuff, the Lizard stuff. That's when they actually start doing their own um, art. That's when I start reading, yeah. Yeah, and but by so... Then, but by then, it's, they've already decided to bring Peter back as Spider-Man, though. <laughs> yeah, and also around this time during Blood Brothers right. is when, uh, uh, when the Onslaught announcement came down. That's when Dan Jurgen said, F this, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Ringo. Because, uh, <laughs> because, because, I mean, they, the whole intention, it was Dan Jurgens that said, we need to bring back Peter. And so, um, like, after the, and, and the funny thing is, after the Onslaught stuff, not only did Dan Jurgens leave after that was announced, but after the Onslaught issue, that's Bagley's last issue on Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Yes, it is. So, like, then you have Ron Garney come in for two months. And then, Did it be, uh, because of that or because like, he's been on the, the book for so long? He, he left because he just got burned out. I remember, yeah. I remember reading I don't doubt that whatsoever. I, I, remember, I remember a very specific line that I found hilarious years later, which is that he said he just got tired of drawing uh, uh, Spider-Man, Venom, and Carnage heads all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's funny because then he goes back to drawing Spider-Man Venom and yep. Garden Chance with an Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep, that's exactly what I thought it was funny. Uh, uh, also, he, also, he decided to quit Ultimate Spider-Man during the Clone Saga arc. <laughs> oh, well, <this> is history. <laughs> history repeats itself. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me, business? Can I, can I mention, that's when it was announced. Can yeah, I mention right. real quick, though, like, because I'm looking at Giant Man's costume. 90s, right? He has <laughs> not only a pouch belt, he has fucking pouch belt sleeves! <laughs> That's worse than Cyclops' like leg pouch. He has sleeves of pouches. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there are a lot of parking meters in New York, so you have to carry a lot of quarters around. So, but he's yeah. giant, man. He doesn't need to park anywhere. <laughs> I'll just step over the building, man. I'm BS, and I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> this is outrageous. Look at this. How do they sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I hope they don't sleep in pajamas that have pouches on them. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, I mean, like, I'm a Batman fan, so I'm biased. But, but to me, I feel that like even Captain America, when they had those those pouches, silly belts. Okay, you gotta put stuff in there. Why is it like around their like their necks and their sleeves and their legs or whatever? <laughs> what purpose does that serve? 
like, you start reaching for them, and like they'll squeeze against your body, and the, and the, and the pockets will just open up and spill all of your marbles and your. Yeah, not to, not to mention having some of like some of the locations they have those things be really inconvenient. Like, how would you even? It's like it's like all right, I got a, I got a, a string of pouches around like my knee or whatever. It was like you, you actually have to bend down to get it. Like, it's not convenient. How dare they do this? <laughs> Doesn't make it. He's wearing a cowboy hat, and the cowboy hat has pouches all around the <laughs> Sweet. Hi, man. We don't use. We don't need no stinking pouches, man. I tell you what. Yeah, you just carry the bullets in your drawers, right, Zach? Yeah, yeah. We just we just carry the bullets in our pockets, man. You just you just crotch those bullets. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm never gonna finish this review here if I don't keep going. Yeah. Um. Uh, right, I already laughed about the freaking uh, the underground club that looked like it was a comic con, so I don't have to bring that up again. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, okay, let's see. It's so topical because you know comic con, so you know. Cool oh yeah, it's, it's next month too. Yeah, it is next month. Are you going, Don? I, I, I am going. Hopefully, we will find a hotel. <laughs> oh, she's oh, have one yet. Oh, no, it's, been, it's been kind of a cluster, but like uh, we have everything but the hotel secured. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, play that, play that YouTube clip of uh, Carl Lewis. Uh oh, still <laughs> <was> not happy. Tune <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next time. I'd, I'd imagine not. Beach house. You know what you do? You get a tent. <laughs> and yeah, because San Diego's a beachfront town, so you uh, live yeah. on the mermaids. Dude, you can probably find a beach house. <laughs> <laughs> Don, what you do is you live under the sea. <laughs> just just <laughs> everything. <laughs> Um, okay, anyway. Because if he, if he lives in a tent downtown, that's just like the rest of the homeless population. I didn't say downtown. I said live in a, put a tent on the beach, man. You don't put a tent downtown, man. You get shanked or something. What are you crazy? You're like, your tent's nicer than my tent. Shank, shank. It's like, oh, that's this, guy has two, <laughs> this guy has two cardboard boxes. Stab him. <laughs> Stab and twist. Um, you were saying? <laughs> I've actually seen hobo fights over... Uh, Cardboard boxes. They're they're vicious as hell, man. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, <laughs> I I have to agree with Don. The best issue was the uh, the adjectiveless one. A Howard Mackey issue. <laughs> yeah, what a twist! Um, I, I love that scene with Ben and his internal struggle, where he's just like, I know we were making fun of like how over the top the carnage aspects of it were, but it was great because it's basically. Ben's working this really... We don't find out until next issue, but he's working this really stupid plan where he thinks he's like, all right, I'll just control the symbiote, and then... (laughs) In fairness, it is stupid, but he has no idea how to experience the symbiote, which I think is perfectly logical. Because he didn't go up against it in the the 80s. (laughs) So I I, I did like that. Yeah, and that scene in Ben's apartment is just crazy. Cause awesome. <laughs> he's standing in the shadows and, like, very obviously transforming, but Peter is just completely oblivious. And, I, and I, you know, we were making fun of Peter being oblivious to it, but I think it actually works from a character perspective because you got to realize this is this is the first time Peter has been without his spider sense for such an ex- extended period. I thought about that, yeah. That maybe it's just a, a case of, like, he had re- come to rely on it so much that his regular senses of observation have just eroded completely. Where it's just like, okay, he, he became th- it, it became his most important sense rather than an ancillary one that would enhance his other senses. But anyway, that might just be making up excuses. Well, no, they, 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 get, they, they get into that and slots run where, like, like, he, like, like, his natural reflexes are dulled because he doesn't have it. So it, his intuition might be dulled as well. 
Yeah, maybe, but again, that, maybe that's just making up an excuse. Um, that that page with uh, Peter and Mary Jane, where where uh, he's like, oh, "Hold on a second, I, I'll do that in a minute," and they're just hugging each other. All there, I I got a little misty. I'm not gonna lie, it's cheesy, but whatever, it worked for me. <laughs> um, but the but when it, as it got towards the end of the story, I really started to hate it because it it, it basically it set up everything nicely. You have a bunch of side subplots about Jessica Carradine, and you got this whole thing with. Even though it's kind of going to go nowhere, you got the skeleton thing, you got the carnage thing, which is going great, and then like every '90s story, it it just stumbles at the end, it limps towards Ravencroft, and suddenly you have another science another science company. You see where Trainer is a major player again. It's like no, you were they, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It was it was really sad. <laughs> I was like they were so close. This could have been oh damn it. So well, and, and, and this is the problem of having Dizago the rookie do, and I call him or, the rookie. And I four of every story. Yeah, do him doing part four because of the way the, the schedule is. It just he's better at doing. I think he's better at setting up. Yeah, it it just it stumbled towards the end, and I'm, I'm with if if with a better ending, no joke, this could have been maybe in the top five Clone Saga stories. Yeah, with a better ending, or you know what? Yeah, I, I'll go even further than that. I say it could be in the top five Spider-Man '90s stories. I'm not even kidding. Like I, or, I, I, uh, I enjoyed it that much. Here's the until deal. Until the end, it's <laughs> like oops. There's 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 three Spider-Man Carnage stories. That I really enjoy. I, I enjoyed his first appearance. Yes, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this arc quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then, do you? And I, for just the cheesiest of cheese reasons, uh, the, the spider, spider cosmic story with. Yeah. Was, was, <laughs> I knew it. Like, what is that? Like that's the one. Oh, where, where, oh my god, it's Silver Surfer. That one. Yes, it was Silver oh, Surfer. God. And it said the Carnage symbiote attached. That that's a horrible story. That's a horrible story, Zach. Don't even. <laughs> but but for the just the cheese fest, man. One of my favorite Spider- like... Carnage stories is Spider Man crosses over with Batman, which yeah. which like that Batman beats Carnage and it's complete horseshit. But it, I don't, I love it. <laughs> Batman always wins. Speaking uh, of uh, uh, not related to anything, but Don, have you ever read uh, the Batman Judge Dredd crossovers? Oh no, I'm not. Okay, just curious. Because I read those recently, and I, I, and I was reading, I read all of them, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, I really love these crossovers, but I imagine if you're a Batman fan, you really have to hate these. Because in every oh, single... Speed up. Dredd just beat... No, I mean, like, it's completely one-sided. Dredd just beats the hell out of him every single time. <laughs> to the point where it's actually laughable. It's like, I, I think there's one where Batman doesn't get a single punch in, and Dredd just beats the shit out of him for no, for no reason, because they're on the same side in the story. No like, Dredd just, the entire underpinning of the story is that Dredd hates Batman because he's a vigilante. No, I, 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 but every story, they're fighting someone, like, they're fighting the Joker in one, and I think they fight the Riddler in another, but, like, he just beats the crap out of Batman every time. That's and I'm like, I'm like, my God, and DC published these. I'm shocked. This would never fly today. Yeah, never would. He'd be like, I have two weeks prep time, Judge Dredd, you'll never beat me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, okay, anyway. uh, Zach, your thoughts on this arc? I liked it, man. It was good, man. It was it was a, it was a lot of fun. The first three parts are clearly superior than part four. Um, I, I again, I think Gerard's really right in a lot of respects, and that he kind of just stumbles at the end. But I thought the you know getting it back to the status quo was was okay. 
I thought it was. I thought the Peter and Ben dynamic is excellent throughout this entire arc. There's still some animosity. There's still some animosity there, but Peter legitimately wants to get to the bottom of this of this uh, this skeleton arc. This is the best use of the skeleton that you, you'll see. Because I mean, you'll see it mentioned <laughs> next month. You'll see, no, seriously, you'll see it mentioned next month, and then it'll get wrapped up the following month. I think. What, serious question though. Would it? You say the best use of the skeleton, but would it have been better to just not use the skeleton at all, or do you think that it was used well enough here to justify its existence? Um, long term, the skeleton really didn't need to be used at all. You don't say. But but for this for this story, I, I'm not opposed to it. You know what I'm saying? I thought it worked well in this story, but outside of the story, it it just it. It's a it's a very tired plot device because like it's a like half of Blood Brothers is is the uh, is the image of Ben holding the skeleton and it's like and then nothing goes it just doesn't move anywhere with it so I just it, that's a little frustrating if you're a reader um, but yeah I, I thought that Jurgens did well enough with the skeleton um, I thought the uh, ASM arc Defalco delivered a good. Perf- you know, good good performance in terms of writing. Uh, this was probably this is the beginning of the of the really strong Mackie issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm with I with you think, on that one. Because uh, I thought that Mackie's issues, Mackie issues, uh, Mackie issues, and Blood Brothers and the aftermath of Blood Brothers are excellent. This was this this was good, but like a lot of credit does go to Ramita Jr. For oh, yeah. I mean, like it, it could it could have looked bad and over the top. Ben legitimately looked scary in that scene. With Peter. Yeah, it's very creepy. Very creepy. Um, this is the how you use darkness and shading and stuff like that to your advantage. Yeah. Yes! I'm so, so glad you should recognize that, Zach. Uh, so I, I... Again, I enjoyed that issue. Um, but to me, really, once, once issue 70 hits, and that's the Don Fontoro stuff... Fortunato. That Fortunato. Fortunato, yeah. yeah, Fortunato stuff come, hits, that's when uh, Adjectiveless really hits the Jimmy Sticks! Jimmy Six. Oh, I yeah. love Jimmy. You know what? Jimmy Six is cheesy as hell. I love Jimmy Six. <laughs> That's really and truly when the when the stories get going. Um, but overall, I liked I liked this arc. Um, I'm going to give it if we get if we give the letter grades out. Yet? Not yet. No. No, I haven't. Uh, uh, give your letter grade. See, if it was only the first, if it was the first three parts, I, I would be flirting with giving this an A. But the fourth part brings it down really hard, so I, I'm gonna is say it, B. Do you really? Is it, is it that awful? Well, I say bring it down really hard, as in like it just can't get an A. I, I'm still, I, I would give it like a B plus. It's still a really good story. I, I just think the the last part of it was just so, especially. Okay, I, maybe I should be a little more. Maybe I should explain it a little better. I thought the way that they had set up the the conflicts between Ben and Carnage needed a better resolution than the one we got, which is the very predictable symbiote goes back to its original host ending that we always get. Fair enough. And especially the really silly way it was done, where it's like, oh, it went through the plumbing. If only the security chief had thought of something better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit contrived. Yeah, that was very contrived. <laughs> that was bad. And of course, and that moment when that's when we get the reveal that Ben was, try, was intentionally trying to control the symbiote, and it was just a really dumb idea. And then, ugh. so uh, yeah, I don't know it, that that story individually just I, I find it I wouldn't say terrible, but it, it's it, I, I think it's a bad story. So so it does bring it down. It's, but overall, still it's it's worth reading just for just for the first three parts. Dare I say, even just for part three. 
So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a B plus for sure. It's, it's a really good story. Donovan, um, I I really liked the, the last issue uh, honestly because of that scene in Ravencroft where like he's running again attacked by the guards. In my opinion, the, I, I agree with Jordan that like the lamest part is that the Samuel gets back onto Cassidy, and then they act like the day is saved, like like oh no courage. Yeah. And they can like, cut to them outside. Well, that happened. Like, uh, uh, what is going on? Like, like, uh, do you are you going to separate him from the from the symbiote or what? Like, I what happened to the story? So that that was a very abrupt and random ending that kind of just confused me. I don't think that's that's a very Mackie like ending. Isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, it's kind of protracted onto itself. But like, no, this uh, that that wasn't good. But I, I like the scenes where like you know I like the scene where you see in that Connors thing where like Spider Man is fighting like regular Carnage. And it's basically like, you know, Ben and Cletus fighting over the symbiote. I thought it was kind of cool. But anyway, um, I give this an A because, I mean, it's not perfect. Uh, it, you know, I, I agree that, like, I don't – why are there's another corporation? You know, what happened to the Carnage symbiote once I got on Cletus Cassidy? Th- those are questions. But my enjoyment factor was so high that I can't, like, put facts into it when there's emotion. <laughs> I can't oh, no, put facts hey, into emotion. Oh, I agree with you completely. Like, some, if you if you enjoy something that much, you know, details be damned. Just yeah, like, I, mean, I, I wasn't. I mean, what yeah, is actually it sounds like a great idea, but I wasn't really going into it with with too much of an expectation. But like, it turned out to be like a great '90s comic, and and I mean, so not not so bad as good, but like this is awesome in all the right ways. So yeah, I'm giving this an A. I remember I remembered it being bad for some reason. And then I read it, and I'm like, oh, this, this silly me, it was actually really good. Honestly, do you consider yourself a fan of Carnage, or is that like kind of one of those villains that you don't care for? I, I don't really care for Carnage. But he works in, 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 let me put it this way, Carnage works in very specific stories, just like Venom does, but I feel like they were used so often that it diluted their ability to be used in stories again. Because you basically just ended up getting... It, it's like Mysterio. You just end up getting the variations of the same plot over and over again. Totally. And I, and I feel like with Carnage and with Venom, it always ends, it, it always ends the same way where, like, they get separated, but it's some shit where, like, the, you see, like, the symbiote slithering around somewhere, so you're like, oh, it'll join him again. and Or, or you get the stupidity, like, at the end of this arc, where it's like, oh, they join together again. I, I, I guess that's it. We're not even going to, like, flood the, the chamber with gas or anything like that. We'll just let them stay there. Well, maybe they dance to that in the miniseries, Carnage is a Wonderful Life. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's, I get you. There is, a, there is actually a legit miniseries of Carnage. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I've not read it, but I know. So, uh, oh, I yeah, I, I'm going to give this I'm gonna give this a B-plus like Gerard did. I, I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. I, I don't quite give it an A. You know, screw it. I'll give it an A-. Hey. I'm giving it an A. So, yeah, I'm going to give it an A minus. You probably peer pressure me without even having to peer pressure me. I, this was probably one of the much better arcs that uh, we've covered on the on the show so far, and I, I really can't wait for next month. Honestly, I, I know that all the I've been teasing all the Life of Riley stuff that I'm going to talk about next month, but um, yeah, some of that stuff, you know, it's just the stuff behind the scenes is so freaking ass nice. So, with the with the reviews done, we. Right now we have a voicemail from Mr. Dan North. Uh, he's uh, from SpiderFan.org. So uh, here's what he has to say about the show. Hello, all you guys over at the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. I've been very happy to been getting a lot of new episodes on the feed. It's as great as ever. Um, just one little thing. I probably shouldn't mention a voicemail, but the closing um, blooper music is a little loud recently. But other than that, it's perfect. Great to have the show, my best Spidey show, 
on the net, as it's always been. Um, one thing I did want to ask, I was just wondering now, uh, with you guys moving so much closer to the end of the Clone Saga, what are your plans for after the revelations? I was thinking maybe you guys could all get back at Zack for making him co- making you all cover some awful stuff by having a rotating episode format where everybody picks their favorite story or something like that. Um, Bertoni could finally cover Cult of Love like he's always wanted to. And uh, hey, thank you for the all the kind words about you you know going through the episodes and listening to them again, saying they're the greatest ever. Um, we always appreciate those type of compliments, don't we, guys? We do, <laughs> shall do. I loved it when you stroked my ego. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, two things, in terms of the audio, um, Don and Gerard and I have been talking a little bit here back and forth about uh, maybe doing some, some fixes to that. So uh, hopefully you'll see those results with this episode because I'm sure there's going to, when I'm editing this thing again, it'll uh, have a bunch of bloopers. So uh, you'll, you'll hopefully hear an improvement with this episode. Um, in terms of what we're doing after the Clone Saga or as we're barreling towards, you know, the end. Uh, we I, I've talked about on and off about doing like a B sides thing where we cover like the mini series like Funeral for an Octopus, Planet of the Symbiotes, you know. Um, and we may still do that. I don't know. But uh, there's about five or six, you know, uh, mini series that we're going to do. I know that Donovan and I have also, and people are also talked asked me about the commentaries. We've got some plans for that. Um, just stay tuned for uh, on Spidey Dash, dude, and we'll we'll let you know what we're doing there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, there's there was a plan to start doing another podcast, but I think we just want to get through this one first. Podcast we have, we have this, we have Mayday Mondays, we have uh, commentaries that we've, we've not done in a year. We have uh, Spectacular uh, Radio. That's right. Yeah, that's four. It would be four if we uh, if we have if just like the Spider-Man did. titles. Yeah, there's there's four Spider-Man titles. Four. Yeah, exactly. So what are you talking um, about? Unlimited. <laughs> Duck, 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 and that's there, there's a quarterly one. That's the commentaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we uh, actually really that's more like Clone Saga Chronicles. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a plan. You know, we'll, we'll we'll do what we can. There's still some interviews I want to do before the before we quote end the show. Um, but we'll probably go back even after the show and, and hit the highlights of things we missed because we're about done with the uh, the the modern day eras too. So. Oh yeah, that's right. We gotta do that crap. <laughs> yeah, we got sibling rivalry. We got what? Like we got four or five issues of Scott Spider left. Total of six. Uh, issue twenty, and which is the sibling rivalry story, and then there's a the three part Craven arc, <laughs> which teased the return that, of Scott Spider. All that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Teased the return of Scott Spider, which was not, and then um, and then you have the last two issues, which were thrown together like at the very, very last second, trying to tie up all the plots. So it's like a comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I kind of want to have Don on for that, just just, just for him to rage about how poorly produced that episode. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the one where they started making production mistakes, like printing the pages out of order and stuff? It wasn't like printing the pages out of order, it was putting the dialogue boxes in the wrong spots, and like uh, misspelling Araceli's name, you know, two different ways on the same page. And, oh, like, yeah, dear. Yeah, it's 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 pretty awful. Uh, <laughs> they just didn't care. Uh, it by, was basically- by the way, this is going to be bad for me too because I I I dropped uh, Scarlet Spider. I think at issue nineteen. 
Yeah, he did. Which means that all this stuff, like, oh, that's right, because I said, oh, next month is Superior Spider-Man crossover. Done. <laughs> I just immediately just, just quit the fuck. So, uh, which, which actually, sibling rivalry is probably got some of the best art. Uh, uh, Who drew that? Uh, artist. Charles artist was uh, 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 Marco Cicchetto. Ooh, I love Marco Cicchetto. He's good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other one, I think, was Clayton Kane. Clayton uh, well, Okay. Oh, no. Okay. So, uh, so there's some good artwork. You're selling me on this. Yeah. Is that good not right either of these? I don't want to. I don't want to like it. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Both of them were written by Chris Yost. Okay. By written by, is that a quotation written by? As in, he had a, uh, a helper, or did he actually write those? Um, the team up book I think was Chris Yost, and I don't remember if Latham was on for sibling rivalry. I don't think he was yet. Okay. But he was on the previous one. But they mentioned Eric Latham by name in the in the letters page. That's right, because Chris Yost is in such a hurry to get off of this book that he didn't even bother writing the letters. Well, that, that was, to be fair, he was doing all the, uh, when he was writing those those issues, he was writing, uh, doing rewrites for uh, Thor the Dark World. So, Judging by how that movie came out, he failed miserably. Well, I think it was more like the editing failed miserably. Well, it wasn't awful, it wasn't memorable. Yeah, so... But yeah, uh, with that, a um, couple ways you can reach us. Uh, you can use like the method that Dan North used, which was the voicemail, which is 818-925-6631. You can visit us at, at our eight- homes. Mine is 49... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, also email us at clonesdarkerchronicles.gmail.com. If you uh, send us an email or leave us a voicemail, we will play them or read them on the show. So gentlemen, Gentleman. I think that's our... Uh, I think that's a wrap. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, so, uh, there's also, so guys, why don't you plug what you guys got going on? Like, uh, Gerard, let's let you plug your stuff. Um, right now, I'm, uh, devolving into a spiral of alcoholism and depression. (laughs) uh, Oh, you mean, like, oh, you mean podcast-wise? I don't know, it's Tuesday. <laughs> For you, the day of the great General Bison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, high five! <laughs> uh, hey, you can catch me uh, uh, if I ever get around to. We, we actually, believe it or not, you're, you're, people tighten your belts because your pants might fall down. We've recorded a new episode of Mayday Mondays recently, uh, so I have those uh, the uh, edits for the previous episodes are in the back or in the hopper. They're happening. Look for them probably around early July, just to be safe. <laughs> I don't know when this is going to be out, so I don't, I don't know. But I'm holding you to that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be soon. It's gonna be soon. Okay, good. Mainly because the Stanley Cup Finals will be over by then. <laughs> How dumb. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll be getting some more Monday Mondays, and uh, I've been I've been talking it over with somebody. Um, may have a fresh project coming out. I haven't told either of you guys about this yet, but uh, yeah, something something interesting uh, that that perked my ears up. Uh, I got an offer for something. I'm like, oh, that's a sounds like a good idea. I'll give you a hint. Uh, well, this isn't really much of a hint. This is more like just straight up just telling you what it is. But you may notice that I lately have been having an increasingly large tendency to reference uh, 2000 AD during podcasts. That's related. Go on. I will say no more. <laughs> Stay tuned. So what you're and telling me is... 
Uh, Donovan, tell me what you got going on. I know you got Batman Universe and uh, Gotham well, Podcast. I was I, I actually left the Batman Universe podcast uh, 2013, but uh, I said that I actually came back to cover Convergence because they came back to the continuity characters that I gave a damn about. Although, <laughs> although that has recently it ended up with apparently them apparently them recounting Crisis of Infinite which was quite a wild ride. Um, uh, but you can find me on the Batman comic, Batman Universe comic cast. Also, I write, write review Batgirl, so I do still, I, mean, I still do work for them. Uh, you find me and a little known podcaster called Jesse Garrett on the next dimension, a Spider-Man, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. Find it, uh, you know, Jesse Garrett's on this network, right? How, how can I foolishly, Zach? You and I both to be slapped because we forgot to mention uh, spectacular uh, radios. We're both on uh, that. <laughs> I'm going to mention that at the end of this all. Okay. Time. Sorry, Don. But go on. Sorry, Don. We just hijacked We do that one. Uh, I am on the comic book film review. Uh, last episode we did, we reviewed Avengers 2 Age of Ultron, or Avengers Age of Ultron. And uh, this next episode of, uh, of the month, well, it depends on when you're hearing this episode, but like the next episode we're planning to do is uh, Batman Returns, which I shall hit up. Batman. Uh, oh, I love Batman Returns. If either if you guys start slagging that movie, I'm gonna be pissed. Don't don't, don't then don't talk to me after you record. The reason I picked this because Josh loves that movie and I don't. So I thought, you know what? Let's just finish this. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a violent episode. They're, oh, they're, they're, they're both standing on opposite ends of a desert, powering up. <laughs> oh yes. Um. And, I mean, like, we're, we're not doing it now because the show's on hiatus, but we did do, uh, myself, Josh, and Stella did do a uh, Gotham uh, TV show, talkback podcast called The Gotham Chronicle, uh, which you also find in the Batman universe. Show I didn't really like, but we had fun making fun of. So find me. Um, uh, uh, question, are you guys going to come back and do that next season? Uh, it really depends. Um, I, I, to me, it depends on how season two premiere is, although I have resigned that, like, I didn't really end up liking this show, not near as much as The Flash, but I had a lot of fun talking about it and kind of riffing on it, so I'd like to do so. Hmm, okay. That's a second non-committal answer, because I asked Josh the same thing, and he's like, maybe. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sitting across the <laughs> table from him, so of course I'm grabbing him by the collar, shaking him, like, give me an answer, goddammit, it didn't, it didn't work. Well, my wife actually legitimately likes that show. A lot of people do. Uh, like, Zach, I'm sorry, you gotta divorce her. Well, here's the thing. Despite what Gerard tells you, not everything is awesome or shit. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's exactly how it is. I'm, off, I'm from the internet, goddammit. Don't you listen to Cole's Art Chronicles? <laughs> uh, but uh, if, if, uh, if she likes that show, maybe she would like our insight on our podcast. I'll try to, I'll try to see if she wants to listen. Oh my god, can you imagine? I, I, <laughs> I wish I could be a fly on the wall there. <laughs> it's like, hey, honey, do you like the, the show Gotham? Why, yes, yes, I do, Zach. Perhaps you'd enjoy the Gotham Chronicle podcast hosted by. And, like, you just break into an ad. I want to show right. our, 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 our summation that Barbara Keene is a Muppet akin to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of went off the rails there. Hey, Barbara, Barbara was her least favorite part of that entire series, so, you know. Oh, she was our favorite part of that entire series. <laughs> She's my favorite part of the, my, of the series, too, and I've never seen a goddamn minute of it. <laughs> because Josh was explaining... He just started telling me about that whole frog thing. And I was just, I was just dying laughing about how much of a, like, a nonsense like comparison it is. I'm pretty sure we're all drunk. All of us, including Stella, were drunk. 
Uh, yeah, because Stella drinks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we, we almost forgot to mention that uh, our buddy Greg Bashansky hosts a great show called um, Spectacular Radio. There's oh, been so an episode... Fun. Yeah. And it's, there's been an episode with Greg Wiseman that's been recorded, and uh, uh, that should be coming out to your ears very, very soon. Possibly before this episode's uh, actually edited. So, <laughs> Making uh, that reference completely nonsensical. Good job. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, with that, we'll wrap up this edition of Clone Saga Chronicles, a uh, podcast powered by spidey